Hello, and welcome to Sounds Heal Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Brown, and thanks so much for joining me as we continue to explore the fields of sound therapy, sound healing, and generally using sound for health and wellness. I am thrilled to have Sheila Whitaker as our guest for this episode. I've, of course, followed Sheila through her books and online blog, but was so excited to meet her just a little over one year ago at the Gong Summit in July of 2019. And I was so impressed by her masterclass, not only by what she presented, but also her energy, which is quite delicate, yet very powerful or empowered. In this conversation, we explore her background, which comes from a classical violin performance background, a teaching career, a musical lineage, and we follow that formal training and then how it manifested into what she does now, which is this more holistic approach and the journey that brought her to the gong. As we discuss in this conversation about her transformation in her life that led her to sound healing and the gongs, we also discuss this left brain versus right brain approach when it comes to music and specifically then how that applies to the gong. We talk about what that is about the gong that makes it so effective when it comes to sound therapy, sound healing work. And we also talk about, you know, this blossoming of sound healing and sound therapy and trainings and uh, how that's happening and both why that might be happening right now. And also some things that perhaps we need to be careful about when we're approaching, whether it's trainings, the way we play the gong, um, and really that importance of grace subtleties, silence, pause, and actually the responsibility that we have uh, when we're in this field and, and working with others. Sheila is highly respected in the gong and sound healing world, and I, I tell her at the end that she's the most highly requested podcast guest that I've had in the past couple of years. So how wonderful it is to have her join us for this episode, and what an inspiring person she is. This episode is sponsored by the Ohm Shop and Spa. The Ohm Shop can be found both in Sarasota, Florida, as well as online at theohmshop.com. And you can see that they have the largest showroom of crystal singing bowls, sound healing instruments, and vibrational medicine tools in the States. And not only do they have all these wonderful items, the people that work there are truly people of good vibes they will welcome you. They will help you and assist you as you try to select uh, instruments that, that might help you in your in your life and your self-care and, and help with your clients as well. So please do check out theomshop.com. You can check out their products, their online blog and learning center, as well as these beautiful, creative sound journeys that they have been providing. So thank you so much to the Ohm Shop and Spa for their sponsorship. Please enjoy this episode with Sheila Whitaker. All right, well, let's go ahead and start with uh, your sound progression and really your beginnings, because I, I think that is important 
as far as um, your own training and your formal training as far as where you got to now and that you really did have a musical lineage and background and, and childhood. So if you could tell us a bit about um, some highlights and your, your training early on, that would okay. be great. Um, yes, well, I was born into a um, family where one parent, my mother, was extremely musical and the other, the father, my father was not. Um, but my mother, it was mostly my mother that brought me up. So, I was, and she was a fantastic pianist, um, very, very talented pianist who um, it was just, um, it was God-given, really. Um, when she sat down at the piano, God flowed through her. So um, that's the only way I can describe it, really. She was amazing. So um, I was brought up with that. Um, and the, you know, the piano and music was there all the time, right from the beginning. So, um, and she used to sing to me when I was in the womb, she said, so, um, which was nice. Um, one of my earliest memories, I think, um, from childhood was, um, and we're talking, we're going back to the 1950s now. <laughs> um, and um, so... I remember um, then there was a program on the radio um, here which was called Listen With Mother and it was for mothers and toddlers um, to listen to together and they always have a story and a nursery rhyme and, you know, other sort of little bits and pieces and it was only a quarter of an hour but every day um, we used to listen to it. I, you know, my mother would switch on the radio and we'd listen to Listen With Mother and, uh, we, and she would um, teach me the nursery rhyme and um, and we'd sing it together, and um, and so um, you know I had sort of uh, you know musical um, uh, a sort of influence there as well. And um, but one one day um, after Listen with Mother had finished, um, I went to the piano apparently and um, uh, picked out the nursery rhyme on the notes on the piano, but also in the right key. And so, um, and my mother had perfect pitch, and she realised, of course, that it was in the right key. So she, um, it, it, it sort of brings up the question: Is perfect pitch inherited? Because, um, um, uh, yeah, and I did have perfect pitch. Um, so um, that was that was interesting. Um, I started the piano at age four, four to five. I went to a kindergarten, which was very. It was kind of a. Um, it was not like normal um, childhood education. It was it was much freer. People were able to kind of um, be creative, and um, uh, and um, we were taught the you know reading, writing, and arithmetic, uh, the three R's. But um, uh, but we were also we also painted and we did music and, and and we were outside playing in the garden. And it was it was just a lovely sort of way to kind of introduce education to a child, really. And so I had that up to the age of seven. And um, I learned the piano, uh, not with my mother, because there was, um, uh, you know, I was quite strong-willed and uh, <laughs> I needed to go to somebody else for piano lessons. Um, and then the violin, and then I went to, um, to the, um, my next school um, at around age eight and um, from the kindergarten. Um, and, uh, and the violin came in when I'd been there, I think probably about a year or so, um, suddenly, um, you know, we had a letter from the school saying that violin lessons were going to be introduced and there was going to be a violin teacher coming. And so my mother, thinking, you know, that this would be also be a good thing, um, put my name forward. And, um, and so I started violin at school. I was about age eight or so, eight or nine. And um, so I started the violin and it just, I just took to it very, very, um, uh, very uh, quickly and easily. And then um, 
um, uh, just sort of came on in leaps and bounds. And um, after a few months, it became obvious that I needed private lessons. And so that was fixed up. And then after I had private lessons with um, a very a wonderful lady called Mrs. Poes Lib, I remember. Um, she was um, a, a, an elderly lady and very, very um, motherly, you know, um, a very good teacher. Um, she um, uh, she recommended that I, I um, tried auditioning for the um, Saturday morning music school at the Royal Academy of Music in London um, for talented children. And so um, we had to get in touch with the council and they put my name forward. And nobody from my, from this particular council had ever, ever done that before. So uh, they weren't sure, you know, whether I was going to get in or not. But I did get in. And, um, and so um, I did much of my early training then at the Royal Academy on Saturday mornings in the music school there. Um, and where there was, I had a, a good sort of um, uh, all-round musical education, really, not just violin, but also piano. And we did, we had choir and all lessons and a little orchestra to play in and, um, you know, and sort of harmony, harmony um, lessons. And so it was just a nice all-round musical education up to the age of 18. Um, at the Saturday morning music school at the Royal Academy, so that was that was a really good grounding. Um, then uh, I left school and um, went to um, full time music college, um, the Royal Academy, the Royal College of Music in London. Um, I was there for four years. Um, did violin first study, uh, piano second study, um, and um, graduated with a GRSM. Um, graduate of Royal School of Music um, degree, and I got my ALRCM teaching diploma as well at the same time. Um, and then I started um, teaching, uh, teaching violin peripatetically in schools and also playing uh, freelancing with orchestras and chamber groups, and I had a duo and um, did that for about 15 years. And I, so I had um, really a mainstream classical music career for, you know, sort of 15, 20 years, really. Right. So, yeah, a real, a real formal training and for, for doing it for, for that long, you must have really enjoyed it. Gosh, I'm just really curious that what sparked your interest after all those years in classical music to a more holistic approach or, you know, how did the gongs come in for you? Well, uh, there were things, things happened in my personal life. Um, uh, without going into detail, there was a change, a, a major change of life, a major, major change. And um, and so um, when I came out of that, I, I kind of I, and I actually sort of fell away from music for a while um, because there were other things happening. And uh, and then when it, when when I came when I sort of came back to music, it you know, and I was very glad to get back to music because it's always been a theme in my life, and I've always come back to it, you know, in some way or another. And 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 I just felt um, because there was some healing to do from what had happened in my life. And, uh, and I just felt that there was, um, you know, that there was another path, really, kind of beckoning. And so, and that's where sound healing came in. I, I discovered it um, kind of synchronistically. Um, and um, I was led and guided to the right people and the right, uh, you know, the right courses and things to, um, to look at. And, um, and so that's where, that's how sound, sound healing came in. So it was really for, for your own self-care. Yeah, it was for that, and also um, the music. It just went down a different route, really, and um, and it just seemed um, 
the natural way to go. Um, yeah, so it's um, that was it really. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm just curious a little bit more about that initial sound healing training. Was it all kinds of different instruments? Did you change the way you played the violin? Or was there a different kind of progression that ended up leading you to the gongs, which is, you know, really your, your specialty at this yeah. point? Uh, what did that kind of look like, that initial start into sound healing? Well, um, we're talking about kind of 23 years ago now. Um, yeah, first of all, I just, I, the, for the healing journey for me, I discovered Reiki actually, and I was kind of, I, I was kind of led to it. I went to, um, yeah, I went to a mind body spirit fair at some um, Kempton Park race course and, um, with the intention of listening to, um, a talk given by a sound healing person. Um, and, um, and that was my main reason for going, but, um, when I got there, I came across some um, a Reiki stall, and you know, and, and I sort of, I was kind of drawn, you know, to, to using Reiki, um, and, and uh, you know, the, the fact that um, energy flows through us, you know, and we can use it for healing um, in in a sort of tactile, tactile way. Uh, so, um, and one of the stalls, one of the Reiki stands at the fair, um, kind of drew me really, and so I. I um, I sat and they were giving little taster sessions and so um, I, uh, I went and sat down and the, the Reiki master who was, um, who was running it um, came over and, um, and said, um, have you ever had Reiki before? And I said, no. And so he said, okay, just, just sit and I'll, you know, I'll give you some Reiki. So he did and I, as soon as he put his hands on my shoulders, I felt the energy come through. It was, it, and, and I went very hot and it was just, it was just so direct and so, so powerful um, it just blew my, it blew me away, really. And so, um, at the end of a few minutes, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, it was uh, it was a very beautiful feeling. And um, and it, uh, he said to me afterwards, "Are you doing any healing work?" And I said, "No, uh, not not yet." And he said, "Well, you should be because uh, you know your 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 crown chakra is actually open." So. Um, so I said, oh, oh right, um, do you run courses? Because, you know, I'm interested in learning. So, and, and he was running a course in Brighton. I was living in, in Brighton at that time. And he was running a course in Brighton um, in two weeks' time, unbelievably. And these are the sort of synchronicities and coincidences that happen, you know, when you're on, on a, 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 the following a path, aren't they, you know? And so, um, so yes, I went to that and never looked back, really. Um, I did the training and... Uh, I got intuitive guidance and information through right from the beginning. Um, I remember doing the training uh, and putting my hands on, on somebody's, um, uh, uh, the person that I was working with in that, um, in that first degree um, session. And um, I put my hands on her and uh, on, her, on her heart chakra and I could feel all the pain there. I could just feel it. It came through me and I, I actually cried because I, could feel, I cried with her pain. And it was just, it was just so powerful. So, uh, so it, it, you know, it just, it all started really from there. So, um, and then um, uh, just to go back to the fair, then um, that's what happened with Reiki. But just to go back to the fair, I did. I went to the um, to the lecture that the, the sound healing um, uh, lady was um, was giving, and um, and with with um, I'd gone with the intention of seeing if she was a teacher that I would want to learn with. 
And um, and I realised, um, you know, having been to the lecture that she wasn't the right teacher. But at the fair, I found a magazine um, again, which was kind of put into my hands. And um, and there was um, an article by um, Simon Heather, who runs the College of Sound Healing. The, mm-hmm. You know the the. Um, uh, the the um, sort of president of the sound of the College of Sound Healing, and um, uh, and it just you know and I you know I, so I inquired and um, and he was teaching courses and so and, and I just knew instinctively um, uh, as I always seem to know instinctively that, that this was the right teacher and so I went to the course and and that was the beginning of my sound healing journey. I did the course with him and became a sound healer and we're talking about like twenty years ago, you know. So. Um, Right, and now and now you teach teach for them. Yeah, the synchronicities really are really profound. I mean, I, I think that just happens yes. when you allow it and, and and find your path. I just I think it's really amazing. Gives me goosebumps. But one question I have about that early start to sound healing is, gosh, you came from this formal training, which is very um, left-brained. It's you know classical music is quite left-brained and technical. Um, and in fact, you know, I've seen some people approach sound healing from a very technical, left-brained way, and they can't really turn it over to intuition that easily. But it seems like it just came so easy for you. What What do you think led to your more right-brained, intuitive, kind of surrendered way of approach? Do you think you were just open to that, that healing, that self-care so much at that time? I think that... We all have this um, intuitive um, guidance within us, and um, and some of us are more open than others. And maybe I was just more open at that time um, because it just kind of it just flowed really straight straight away right from the beginning. Um, so so I went to um, so I started I started giving Reiki to people um, uh, sort of you know on an informal basis at home and you know um, doing that and. Um, and also, and then I started I did this. I did the sound healing course and started, um, you know, introducing the sound healing as well. Um, and I was doing that at home on an informal basis, and um, and I did that for several years, really. This and 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 it was a healing journey for me, and and also it started healing journeys for other people as well. And I was treating friends and and family and, and acquaintances and people I knew. And, um, and it was starting to be become sort of more professional. I was kind of going going down, you know, a more professional route as, as well with it and starting to charge and, um, and feeling that, um, you know, this is what I wanted to do uh, um, as, as, a, as my work and, um, and taking, you know, taking the music down this route. This is where the music had you know, was going along the sound healing route and, and, um, and more directly affecting people. Um, uh, because, you know, when you play classically, as you say, it's kind of a more left brain approach and, and it's, um, you play music that's on the, on the page, um, on the sheet. And, um, and there's not very much room for sort of spontane- spontaneity um, uh, in the classical music field. Um, but when, when you're, you know, if you're working with, with um, music in a different way, in the right brain way, in a sort of in the more sound healing way, then um, there's lots of spontaneity. And I, in order to, to allow that, I had just had to put the, the left brain musical training aside, really, and, uh, and step out of it and, and approach the sound healing in a different way. Um, 
and uh, and I was able to do that. And um, the the challenge really was when the gongs came along uh, two or three years later. Um, shall I tell you the story of of how that happened? Oh yes, please. Okay. So um, so I went to um, I, I went to a mind body spirit fair, another mind body spirit fair um, up in London, Victoria, a big one. And I was invited there by my Reiki master because they, he had a, a Reiki stand there, and I said yes, I'll go and help on the Reiki stand one day. So. Um, so I took, uh, he brought a, um, uh, he came to lunch with me and uh, was talking about it and, um, and he brought a program for the fair. And so I looked through the program after he'd gone and, um, and I said, I'll let you know what, what day I'm coming. And um, so I, I was flicking through the program and I saw a photograph of Don Conroe and, um, uh, uh, and he was giving a talk, you know, and it, it was, the talk was about gongs and, uh, and it just, his photo and the whole sort of, um, narrative um, sort of around it just kind of shot out of the page at me it was just like really notable and I thought oh I've got to hear this uh, this is you know this is this it just felt important so I arranged to go on the day that he was doing this tour and so um, I turned up at the fair and um, I walked in the door of the, the, it was a great big venue, because uh, it's an enormous fair, and uh, I came in the door and, and went through the turnstile, and I heard this sound, and um, as soon as I got in there, and um, it was a sound I'd never heard before, uh, never, and I just followed the sound, and the sound led me to um, booth one in the corner of the, um, of the auditorium, where um, Don Conroe was giving somebody a, a little taste of Gongoth in the booth. And um, I was absolutely mesmerized. It was like magnetic, you know. Um, and I just stood there, really. I must have looked silly because I, I think my mouth was open, probably. And I just stood there and, 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 and watched and listened. And I'd never heard anything like it. Um, and so um, it, it was just, it was really profound. And so anyway, when he finished, uh, there was somebody, you know, he was giving the gong bath and somebody was sitting behind. It was a little sort of seated taster session. Anyway, when he'd finished, he stood up and, and um, you know, and turned around. And I was just absolutely amazed. And so um, I booked a gong bath. Um, uh, you know, I booked myself in for a gong bath. And then, and I, then I went off to the Reiki uh, stall. And, uh, and I came back. Um, at the right time for the gong bath, and um, and I had a ten minute taste of gong bath, um, and um, it it just absolutely blissed me out. Uh, it was only ten minutes, but it it was life changing, totally life changing. And um, somehow I managed to get out from behind the gong and sort of find my way back to the reiki stand. And I tell you, um, when everyone on the reiki stand saw the state that I was in, they all went and booked a gong bath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah. it was just it was it was absolutely life changing. So and that was in the morning. So in the afternoon, um, I popped upstairs to the lecture room um, for this talk by Don. Um, with the about the gongs, and then and there was a gong off um, afterwards given by Don and, and one or two of his um, students, and um, and that was that just blissed me out for about two or three days really, and so um, you know it was and so by that time I'd sort of got to us got to the space of I need to learn this you know I need to find out about this and and you know get a gong and work with it, so um, I went up to Don at the end of the talk and said. Um, 
and I'm quite direct when I know, you know, what I what 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 I need, you know, and what's right for me. And I said, no, I, I want a gong, and I want to study with you. And so he said, well, we can get you a gong, and he handed me a pamphlet um, for the gong master training, which was happening in two weeks' time. Would you believe? Oh, wow. So, um, again, you know, synchronicity. So I booked in for the training and, um, and and the rest is history, as they say. That was the story of my encounter mm-hmm. with the gongs. Uh, it was just really um, very, very powerful. So. Well, isn't that interesting, you know, from myself as well, from a classical orchestral background, when you think of the gong in that context, it's the crash, right? It's the impact, yeah. and that's pretty much it. But gosh, it's so much more, so much more yeah. depth, complexi- complexity. I mean, it's limitless when you use it in a healing okay. way. So that's my next question. You, you know, of all the instruments that could be used for sound healing, gongs is now, you know, that's your specialty, and, and that's what you teach. Why do you find gongs to be so effective when it comes to healing work? Um, it's the fullness of sound, really. It's the very broad range of sound in a large gong. And I'm talking particularly about my favorite gongs, which are the symphonic. Uh, because for me, they have the broadest range of sound. Um, and they're just very, very powerful healing instruments because of that, that um, huge um, sound envelope. Um, and for me, a symphonic gong played well, skillfully. Um, bringing out as many of the layers of harmonics as possible, you know, um, in, in a very um, full kind of um, way, um, packing the sound envelope, um, you know, with as many layers of, of sound as possible, um, but without using, um, going over the top with volume. You can, you know, if you play skillfully, you can, you can, um, you can um, bring in a lot of um, layers, um, you know, without actually going over the top with volume. You know, you can you can do that at a moderate volume, and that for me is the power of the gong. Really, it's the, it's that those um, those layers of sound, that fullness of sound, um, and also it shuts down the left brain um, because the gong sound seems to have the ability to um, affect our brain waves, to lower our brain waves, and so um, from the normal sort of beta brain waves that we normally um, you know have mostly um, in our uh, everyday life. Um, which um, uh, help to uh, keep us keep us um, sort of centered and and, uh, and and functioning in our everyday life, and um, and if we lower the the, um, the brain waves using using meditation or a gong meditation gong sounds, um, then we can drop into alpha and theta brain waves, um, and those those provide very deep relaxation and often visions and um, and uh, intuitive guidance. Um, and so the, the gong seems to have an, a sort of automatic way, almost, of doing this. Um, it just seems to automatically um, confuse um, the left brain with its um, plethora of sound, and uh, and so it moves the you know the the focus into the right brain. Um, and so and that seems to be its power. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's why you know many people say that gongs shift our consciousness and? And as well as time and space, yeah. it just kind of shuts down that logical. Yes, yeah. I think. So. Yes, yeah. because we be, we become aware. You know, we become unaware of um of time and space when we're in. You know, when we're in a gong meditation. Um, you know, time seems to um cease to exist. Really, we seem. You know, very often, if I'm giving a gong bath to my students, for instance, and um or somebody, you know, a client. 
um, they will say, gosh, that was quick. You know, that only felt like sort of five or ten minutes. And I've actually been with them for half an hour. Uh, so people go into what, what is almost like a timeless zone. Um, and um, and they just seem to kind of lose themselves, you know. Um, it, we just go into this timeless space. Yeah, I think it's also important to mention, you know, for anyone listening that hasn't had specifically a gong bath, it seems to be really good at releasing things as well that, that need to be healed. It can just bring up, whether it's motions or... or uh, you know, trauma, whether we're aware of it or not, there's something about a, re- a release that, that happens with the gongs yeah. as well. Does that seem for you yes, as well? Yes, absolutely, yes. So what I've observed and, and what we've experienced is that um, uh, people, you know, as we go through life, we collect energies and, you know, and, and sort of things impinge on us from everyday life. And uh, especially in the Western world, and uh, and so you know, it's not that we don't we don't we don't always take um, enough time for ourselves to sort of um, have space and, um, and and relaxation, and so um, sometimes our energy becomes a bit dense because of that, you know, because we've still got kind of everyday pressures hanging around us, you know, every the pressure or the energy of um, of what we've been dealing with in our everyday lives so sort of it kind of is is still there in our energy field and so um what the gongs sounds seem to do initially is um is lift any old energy out of our energy field that needs to be cleared away um and um and that's what I've observed um, when I used to go and help on the gong stand at, at that at Mind Body Spirit Fair um, was that people would go into um, into the space behind the behind the gong and this was only a ten minute taste of gong bath, mind you, um, and they would they would be um, um, they would be uh, stressed from the from the journey and from everyday life and all the crowds at the fair and everything and you know and they would um, they'd sit down behind beside behind the gong and uh, we would gong them for, for 10 minutes and they would come out literally looking lighter um literally like a cloud had been lifted off them you know and um, and just looking lighter and calmer and more relaxed and and so clearly that you know there'd been an energetic um cleaning a cleansing um so and it was very very clear this has happened so many times that you you can actually see the clearing um, you know the, the the clearing of energy in in somebody, um, and that seems to be the initial thing that happens with the gong sounds. Um, and then you know what, to go on with that, um, then I think when the when the gong sounds have cleared away um, that you know anything old that sort of is hanging around and needs to be um, and needs to be cleared, then. Um, they get down to what I would call the nitty gritty really and start digging into um, our subconscious and bringing up stuff from, you know, that, that we need to clear uh, that may be hanging around sort of in our energy field from the past, um, past um, traumas or, you know, um, uh, things that need to be healed from the past. Um, and um, people have had, uh, amazing breakthroughs just sometimes occasionally uh, we have like a miraculous um, treatment um, which is um, uh, you know somebody somebody has cleared a long-standing issue just with one treatment you know with um, with the gongs um, and and it's been life-changing for them so uh, there's great power in, in the gong sound it's it's quite amazing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and what's what's really interesting, and I, I have a feeling that sound healing, sound therapy has been, I, I, I would say, a bit stronger and a bit more um, ongoing in the UK, a bit longer than in the States as far as trainings and, and what we, we call gong baths. But in general, there's a real surge as far as interest in, in sound healing and gongs. Why do you think more and more people are immersing themselves in this now? Why is it important now? Uh, well, we are going through very challenging times. Um, and um, I think we've been in, I wouldn't call it a dark age, but I think we've been in an age where, um, certainly for the last hundred years or so, where um, uh, ancient medicine and, um, and healing um, modalities have been uh, suppressed in a way. Um, and forgotten, um, and of course, you know, our our ancestors and the ancients had um, uh, were, were were not the savages that we've, we've sometimes been led to believe. You know, they were they were very wise people who worked in harmony with the earth and, and you know with earth energies and, um, and and with natural modalities, and um, and that's been you know greatly forgotten over the last sort of hundred years or so, and um, and now and in this what I would call the new age. Um, in in uh, inverted commas, um, these all the alternative um, holistic healing modalities are starting to come back, and, and the, I think this started in the 1960s, you know, with the hippie with the hippie era, and um, and so gradually people are starting to remember things, um, and, um, you know, and and, uh, uh, and starting to take an interest in in sort of. Uh, 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 you know all the ancient all the ancient um, technologies um, that uh, that our ancestors had. And sound is very ancient. It's one. It's a very ancient uh, modality for healing, um, and has been in use for thousands of years. But it, we've, it's just been forgotten. So, I think in these times when we're we're um, we're, we're progressing into a new age, we're, we're coming com, coming out of um, the old age and uh, and going into a new age. We're ascending. Um, that's why these these um, modalities and you know all the ancient healing secrets are coming to light now. And so more people are, are realizing this and, and discovering it and, and becoming interested in you know in finding out about it. And I think I think also that um, uh, modern medicine has its place certainly, of course. Um, but I think uh, you know it, it can be limited in some in some ways, um, in you know in some areas. And um, whereas um, there are there are um, areas where um, uh, holistic um, healing modalities um, uh, both complement and are um, are better for people in some areas um, than you know than, than uh, traditional medicine. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it it just seems like there's perhaps more acceptance, more awareness of what's really going on in in this world. And um, mainstream is kind of, yeah, mainstream is turning, people are turning their eye more to the old, which is also the new. And yeah, it's just such an interesting time. Yeah, very interesting. And is is there an upsurge in, in sound healing interest in the United States now? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, but that's also because, yeah, I'm in the field and I'm paying more attention to it, you know, rather than 
my more academic and, and classical background. Now I'm in it more, so maybe I'm just seeing more about it. But gosh, it sure just seems like there's more and more trainings. There's more and more events. Pretty much everyone in my area knows about it. I mean, it's very common, and I don't live in a big place. Um, and what's what's wonderful about here, at least, is it's not competitive it's collaborative right i mean as far as i've seen um people are are leaving the ego behind when it comes to um not feeling like there's too many people doing it um or the kind of competition aspect so maybe that that is a question to address because i'm sure you you have dealt with it in in your you know work over all these years that some people unfortunately do approach, you know, the gong and, and sound healing with, with their ego. What do you think we need to be careful of in this field, or, or what advice would you offer for those just getting into um, sound healing? Um, yes, we've come across people who have been to um, uh, increasingly now. We're coming across people who haven't had any proper training um, and haven't really been told how to approach the gong, and it's improved approaching the instruments in the right way and with the right uh, with the right um, reverence really because these are sacred healing instruments and so um, and they're instruments of great power and they need to be used in the right way um, because they you know they if if not used skillfully and in the right way um, they can be harmful as well as uh, beneficial um, so um, I think that um, you know proper training is very important and people need to be um, uh, need to, they need to be advised, you know, of how to approach the gongs. And this is one thing that I, I'm, I cover very, very carefully in my training, uh, that you approach the gong um, in an attitude of surrender, um, that um, we approach the gong without ego. Um, I always um, uh, have bare feet or stocking feet. And, um, uh, and for, because for me, um, being in the gong space is like being in a church or a temple. Um, because it's a sacred healing space, and so and and we need to treat the instruments accordingly, and so um, ego has no place really, um, and so um, when I approach the gongs and I teach my students this too, um, we approach um, and just uh, really open ourselves up to the flow um, of what um, of whatever sounds need to come out of the gong for whoever is present. Um, and, um, and wherever they are on their, in their journey at this particular time. Um, so um, it's all about approaching it in the right way. And if you develop good playing skills and, um, uh, you know, and, um, and put the ego aside and, and um, allow yourself to just surrender to the process, um, the right sounds will come through without the need for um, excessive volume. And um, we have, unfortunately, as I said, um, as I was saying before, um, come across people who've been to a gong bath um, where excessive volume was used and, uh, and put off by it. And, and it's a great shame um, because, you know, it's, uh, it's a really great shame. Yes, and we're seeing more of that happening now. Because um, in this country... Um, there's been an explosion of interest. I can call it an explosion because it really, it's been like, you know, um, uh, like a mushroom, really. Um, and it's, um, there's, in the last five years, a real explosion of interest. And, um, uh, you know, there are all sorts of trainings cropping up now, which um, some, of, some of which are good and some aren't. And, um, 
you know, and people also thinking that, um, uh, you know, that, oh, well, you know, I can do this and maybe I don't need any training. And so, um, and it's just about banging a gong. Well, of course, that nothing could be further from the truth. They're missing completely. So, um, uh, yeah, we, we unfortunately, we are, you know, when anything becomes popular, we always see, um, you know, the, the downside of, of, of things, don't we? You know, there's always the downside of human nature as well as the upside. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's that's really mirrored here in the States. Uh, I was thinking in the past five years as well. And, you know, if somebody goes to a, a one or two day uh, training or maybe not even that and they're just out playing the gong. And yes, I've, I've heard of people having that experience where it's just sound max volume the whole time. And, I, 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 you know, my opinion is play it for yourself first as a, a meditation and um, just really get used to that gong and it's a different subtleties because there's a responsibility when you play gongs for other people. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Very, very great responsibility. And it's the connection as well for me. Um, that you know, when when you when you buy an instrument and you know and you start playing, you need to connect with it properly. Um, and um, and so because the connection between you and the gong, um, you form a kind of partnership with the gong and so and and further down the line the more you work with it and the more you you know the, the more you connect and, and and work with your gong for yourself and uh, you know and for other people initially family maybe and then sort of gradually branching out to to treat other people um uh, you form this connection and and it becomes a kind of intuitive sort of um partnership and and you become one with the gong and so and and um the process kind of continues um you know you become closer and closer to 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 the gong um yeah, to the intelligence behind the gong and um and and what it can bring through you so basically you become a channel eventually you know sort of further down the line when you you know when you have this very strong connection and so you're channeling whatever sounds need to come through and so and that's what we're aiming for really uh, and certainly in my training that's what i i teach people to to um, um to to always just be allowing um, for for what's happening and and uh, and allow the gong to to teach you really because the gong will teach you in its own way um, by the, with the connection that you have with it. Yeah, and what's in, I I really recommend anybody listening to check out Sheila's blog. I'll, I'll be sure to drop a link. Just it's really inspiring and empowering, and just you I, I feel like you really do. Uh, get to know Sheila's personality through it as well and the reason I mentioned that is I think it was your last post was called time out and you were actually referring to a vacation that you just yeah. went on but what's so interesting is immediately after that we've had a forced yeah. time out you know a lockdown so how interesting so I'm curious with this time obviously I'm assuming all your classes workshops have been ca canceled postponed at yeah. uh, what you know, what do you feel? Has it been a time that you've been to refocus energy or, you know, look into something that you haven't for a long time? Um, has it been kind of an up and down roller coaster or a time of empowerment for yourself? I'm just curious. Yes, I would say all those things, actually. It's been quite, quite a mixture. Um, so, yes, the time out, I, 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 took some, I took a week out and I went to uh, Madeira. 
because um, I've never been there before, and it, I believe Madeira was part of Atlantis, and um, uh, and I wanted I've, somewhere I've wanted to go for, for a long time because I remember um, uh, a previous lifetime in Atlantis and some of the circumstances there, and so. Uh, so I visited for a week, and um, and I that was in March or the end of March, uh, the end of February. I came back at the beginning of March, and I just about got back before all this lockdown started. Um, so I'm really glad that I squeezed that, um, you know, that that uh, trip in before before it started. And so um, when the lockdown came on, um, yes, I had to um, postpone my two course sessions. Um, the last time I taught um, uh, before um, going back a couple of weeks ago was um, was March, and so I hadn't seen my students for four months. I had to postpone their session threes in um, in uh, April because we weren't allowed to convene, and then I had to postpone um, them again. So they, their dates were altered. I had to postpone them again in June, um, but now in in July um, earlier this month, um, a couple of weeks ago, I've been able to teach um, small classes. So, so what I've done is, because um, I'm teaching two, um, two groups of the Gong Practitioner course this year, and so I've split both the groups um, into um, four groups instead of two, so that I can um, have less students. And so it, it's mm. easier for us to do the, um, you know, the work in the class um, in a socially distanced way and, and sort of obeying regulations uh, with the smaller group. So um, I've, I've taught two of the groups so far, and I've got two more at the beginning of August, um, and that will complete our session three. Um, and I can tell you, um, the students are so glad to get back into the gong space because oh, yeah. I haven't sure. seen them since January. That's over six months, you know, and they were they were really uh, wanting to get back. And um, the continuity of the course was all broken, you know, and uh, and I do feel I've got a responsibility to. Um, you know, to to provide some continuity in the course, and I'm being prevented to, from doing that. So, but yes, we it was lovely to see them again. So, so I have got back to some teaching, and I've got um, I've got a couple more um, groups um, coming up in um, in a week or two's time, and then um, you know, and then we're sort of back on track really. So um, it's a great relief to do that. Oh, oh gosh, I I can only imagine how rewarding that feels and it's just so needed right now i mean i can and only imagine things are are slowly starting to happen um, in particular states here as well so yeah gosh you know i guess my kind of last area of question is after being in music and, and specifically the gongs for so many years what part of your work is most important to you right now or what new curiosity do you have in this work? Um, so the most important part of my work is the training, training other people, um, training my mm -hmm. students to become um, not just gong practitioners, but actually more well-rounded, centered people, uh, because that's something that happens naturally during the training. Um, and because as we work on ourselves with the gongs and we, you know, I teach them to work on other people, um, our own healing happens at that time, obviously. And so, um, you know, they're, they're clearing their stuff, um, as well as learning to treat others. And so, um, and it's just raising, you know, they're, they're raising their vibration, um, and, um, and becoming clearer and lighter, um, 
And so, uh, and, and it's wonderful for me to see, it's particularly wonderful for me to see that transformation during the course. Um, they, you know, how they are when they come, you know, at session one of the course and, and then to see them um, go off into the world um, at session five. Um, com- some of them completely different people. You know, and some of them have had significant, you know, significant life changes because of their work with the Gongs. Um, some of them have, um, uh, have have left jobs that they didn't like and 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 started doing something really empowering that they love. Um, some of them have changed, you know, homes and relationships, and um, all sorts of things have happened to people during the during the course. Um, due to the work with the gongs and it's just wonderful to see the transformations in people not always easy you know because some um, clearing stuff and healing isn't always easy because sometimes it's very uncomfortable um but the, the the difference in them from you know in my students from the beginning of the course to the end is quite remarkable and that really is um what's most important to me that's that's what i find um um you know very uh, very empowering really and um because this work um, this work with the gongs is for me. Um, it's all about empowerment, um, and uh, you know, and seeing people um, growing and maturing, and um, you know, and learning through the work. So um, that's the most important thing for me. For you know, it's the training of other people. Absolutely. Yeah. I. I mean, awakening, transforming is not always pretty, right? I mean, you kind of have to go no. through. <laughs> you have to go through the hard stuff to to get to that, and you. Uh-huh. You know, if we kind of look back at what you've explained through this is, you know, that's what happened for you to to find this this passion and this empowerment in your life is getting through those those difficult times and then discovering through all these synchronicities. I mean, I think that's a, a common theme that I hear as far as people's transformation. And it's, it's really beautiful. It, it can be scary, but it, it really is is beautiful. Yeah. And that's why it's important to, to when you're working with gongs, to, to do some training with somebody who is, um, you know, of a, high, uh, of a high, high energy vibration, somebody who's experienced, uh, someone who's, um, uh, you know, who, who approaches the gongs in the right way, because then they can be there to sort of help you and mentor you. You know, I'm very careful with, with my mentoring of students and I'm, I'm always there for them because sometimes people write and they, you know, they're in a quandary and, and so, you know, they've had some, some, some sort of, something's happened, um, you know, some healing um, thing has happened and, um, and they need to talk about it. And, uh, you know, and it's important, um, I think, in a training for, for the teacher to be there. Um, for the students and so uh, you know um, because you can't you can't just introduce people to to this work and then kind of uh, leave them floundering Uh, that's not fair that's a really good point yes yeah that's actually crucial is uh, understanding that the healing response can be anything and also that you know if you're new to this really look into trainings and and really kind of research a bit um, or, or get references if you can look at testimonials and do, you know, continued learning, I think, is so important as well. I mean, uh, even you yourself or, or myself, you know, I, I, I do. You're always learning yes, and you're absolutely. always immersing yourself in this. Don't, you know, don't feel like you just can do a one day training. Just 
Yeah, be curious. Yeah. Uh, I would say that, yeah. you know, I, I start people off and I give them techniques for playing and um, and I mentor them and teach them, you know, um, we, we, we go in stages through the course, you know, with the work. Um, but in the end, um, you know, they leave and, and they've graduated and so forth. And then the gong becomes the teacher. They, you know, their connection with the gong right. and, and their, their ongoing training really is with the gongs and the intelligence behind the gongs. And, and so they they we always... Um, continue learning always even even you know um, even those of us who have been at it for years there's always um, more to learn and uh, and more more healing to do so right right just yep. allow and and listen to lean into the gong and and what is it what is it telling you yeah wonderful gosh is there any area that we've missed or anything that else you'd like to kind of leave us with just want to mention you you mentioned my blog um earlier and um mm -hmm. actually it's interesting that um we should have this interview at this time because i'm actually having a new website at the moment and so oh. and the blog the blog will be um it will be sort of um uh, uh, merged into the new website and so um so yes um i suddenly got put in the situation um, needing to have a new website because um, my provider um, it was decided to suddenly terminate my contract. Oh, okay. So, um, so yes, um, uh, if this is if the new website has been ongoing for the last few weeks, and um, and so it should be um, should be up on the net within the next week, I hope. So, um, oh great, it's, okay. it's actually my name. It's it's um, www.sheilawhitaker.com. And, um, oh, fantastic! So, okay. Uh, yes, everything will be on there. So um, I'm looking. It's it's exciting. I'm looking forward to having a new website. It's about seven or eight years since I had one, so it's great. Well, fantastic! Yeah, thank you so much. I just I I really appreciate you. I think you're you're a beautiful person, and um, I you know like I mentioned, you're you are the most asked for podcast guest uh, that I've had in the past couple of years. So. I'm just glad this has worked out and that you've been willing to share so much uh, with us through this. Thank you. I'm 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 glad to um, I'm glad to we've connected and and been able to do it. I have to say I'm not a great talker. Um, oh, well, sure you are. I'm not sure you are. <laughs> well, I'm not not naturally a great talker, and I mm. let the gongs do the speaking normally. So, sure. um, to you know, to do an interview is um is quite tough for me really. Um, because I'm really sort of, uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm going. You know, I've, I'm sort of getting used to it. But um, but yeah. And anyway, I'm I'm glad to have. Uh, you know, I'm glad I'm glad uh, you asked me. It's good. So I really appreciate that. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I do remember from the Gong Summit. What's so interesting about your energy and in your presentation you gave is your gentle but powerful energy. I I, I can tell you are soft, but uh, yeah, there's there's so much there and. There's so much that you share with people. I'm just glad that we can get this out there. So thank you very much. And I really appreciate your time and have a beautiful evening. Thank you, Natalie, and you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Sounds Heal Podcast, sponsored by the Ohm Shop and Spa. And keep up to date with what's coming up next at soundshealstudio.com check things out on Facebook at Sounds Heal Studio, and you can listen to all previous podcasts as well as music meditations on the YouTube channel at Sounds Heal Studio. Be well and stay tuned.